are in God forbid. If there is a God, why is there so much evil? And if there's no God, who determines what is right and what is wrong? And will Mark Latham ever be able to hold down a steady job? These are the questions that have baffled great minds. And it's James Fodor's burning issue. So James, in a secular world, aren't morals necessarily relative, whatever is the flavour of the day? No, I don't think so. I, I don't think there's any particular reason to think that if God does not exist, say that morals would be relative, uh, then there is to think that physics or historical facts are relative. There are features of the world that we can describe and, and know about. Morality is one of those features, and I think it exists sort of independently of whether God does or not. Amy? Well, my view on this is that when we look at how people account for morality, religious people would say morality has an objective source, a transcendent source, that there is a God who's a, the moral lawgiver. And then without him, we really have two possibilities for how we distinguish between right and wrong. One would be our personal preference. We observe things personally, individually, and make moral decisions. The second would be social contracts that people get together and decide what's going to be moral in a group or society. A sort of social contract forms and evolves over, over a period of years. But there are also many uh, naturalistic philosophers, that is, you know, non-religious, who argue for various forms of moral realism, which... Sure don't believe that it's purely um, subjective or culturally determined. Well, the question is, what is the objective foundation of that moral realism? If it isn't personal, where does it come from? Because if morality is arbitrary, how can we intervene in, in the way that we've heard in that piece? If people honestly believe what they're doing is right and it happens to be legal, who are we to say it's wrong? James? We can say something is morally wrong if we can give an account as to what aspects of reality that statement corresponds to. So I sort of lean towards the flourishing or well-being of humans and other sentient beings as the foundation of what morality actually refers to. And with but again, that that's kind of comes down to personal preference on one level, doesn't it? Because you could take someone like Nietzsche who honestly believed that it was morally wrong for the strong to help the weak, that that was a subversion of reality of how things are. And who are we to say that that perspective is wrong? But Amy, James can only anchor his morals in his personal beliefs because he's an atheist. And aren't yeah, we sure. lucky that he's trying to do good? Absolutely. Listen, I'm not saying that because people are atheists, they can't be moral. Of course, individual atheists can be moral and live by moral codes. But the question is, what about all the other movements in the world that also believe what they're doing is morally right? Like IS, they passionately believe what they're doing is right. I don't really understand this concern, to be honest. We don't think that if someone believes, say, that the sun revolves around the earth, that there's no way there could be a fact of the matter or that it's all subjective. Morality is like that as well. The fact that people disagree tells us that there's disagreement. It doesn't tell us that there's no truth to the matter. Well, ultimately, as Christians, we would argue that the truth to the matter is rooted in a transcendent source, that we know what that source is and that it's God and that he's provided evidence of himself around that. Yeah, and, and naturalistic theories of morality would argue differently about identifying what the ultimate source is, in so much as there are sentient creatures that are capable of experiencing flourishing and, and suffering and so on. Moral facts will exist as long as that is the case. And you want to see what's called an effective altruism. Explain what that means. 
Well, effective altruism is a fairly new term, but the basic idea is that there is a lot of suffering in the world, and as at least people living in the West with resources, there's actually quite a lot we can do about it, and that we should try and do what we can in the most effective way possible. So this involves things like, well, obviously we can donate to charities, there are lots of charities, but which of them are the best to donate to? We should, according to effective altruism, try to think about what evidence do we have for the efficacy of different charities in terms of delivering, say, health or education um, programs to, to the developing world, for example. So we should, the idea of effective altruism is to not just give to what feels right to us, but also to actually look at the evidence for what works the best and what helps most people. Is this a calculation you've made in your mind? Uh, well, yes and no. I, I mean, there are different organisations that publish research with this. Uh, GiveWell, for example, is a website which evaluates charities, and that's been quite influential on, on my thinking about this. But yes, I, I donate to a, a charity which gives unconditional cash uh, grants to poor households in, in Kenya. They're called Give Directly. I think that they do really good work, and there's very rigorous evidence behind what they're doing. But of course, there are, there are many other programs as well that effective altruists w- will think are beneficial. And Amy, do you think it's wrong if a Christian charity were to bring cash and development in one hand and a Bible in the other, with the two conditional on each other? I'm not sure that's what Christian charities do. And certainly the the Christian charities that are most highly regarded would be uh, motivated by their faith in Christ to give and also would recognise the tremendous network of social justice that churches have all over the world that are actually indigenously led. Um, An organisation like Tear Fund, for example, would seek to get resources on the ground, not in the hands of sort of Western bureaucrats. But it's been proved again and again, Western bureaucrats are so effective. (laughs) Yeah, right. (laughs) Thank you for that observation. (laughs) (laughs) You only have to walk around this building. (laughs) Indeed. Now, it's our end, God forbid. Next, we have a very exciting game called Please Explain.